Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And welcome into day five of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, live from the Super Bowl, on Radio Row. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam. Hey, Verderam, no three-and-a-half-hour stream today. We're gonna, it's a short short one. No, it's true. i got to take my uh, credential off so the NFL doesn't come after me. Yes, uh, yes yeah. indeed. So, that's right. Only an hour. Oh, yesterday was like the siege. Yes, yeah, and it was. Now, uh, and now, this is like a vacation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one hour. we got a couple of interviews coming up. Tony Gonzalez, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. Uh, so, really, you won't even have to listen to us. Uh, be dope. You'll have actually two people who know what they're talking about. Right, tomorrow. yeah. It's, uh, it's a big win for you all out there. Yeah. I got to say, man, yesterday, like, it, this stuff takes a lot out of you. I was, <laughs> I, I've been tired all week. It's but a lot like, of work. Yeah, but man. A, but it's fun, man. Who yeah. can complain about this job? Yeah, yeah, right. It's a, it, it, it takes an emotional toll. Um, by the way, shout out to one of our members. Uh, if you're a fan of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, you can consider becoming a member. You can check out the link in the description. One of our members, last night, we're hanging out at the bar getting some drinks. Yep. And he says, my grandma got me two tickets to the Super Bowl. And he just got in the car immediately. He's driving 18 hours down here. How cool is that? That's awesome. Yeah. I asked him if he needed a date. Sounds like he's already got one, and that's bad news for me. <laughs> it's a shame. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, you're going to be in the boat with my dad just, just sitting there watching the game on TV somewhere. Watching it on TV. Uh, hey, look, you know what? The, the nice thing is, obviously everybody's hoping here the Chiefs win. Yep. If they don't win, at least you didn't spend a lot of money on tickets. That's right. Yeah, that's the, that's the big yeah. thing. I can't imagine dropping like $5,000 oh, on a Super Bowl ticket and then just... Oof. Oh, I mean, that that's the part of it. It's like if you knew, you know, if you were omnipotent, you're like, oh, they're going to win. Yeah. Okay, Sure. Yeah. Then maybe it's worth the ball. Like, oh. if you don't know, oh, man. if I knew they were going to win, I'd mortgage the house. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Then it's worth it. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, before we get to, again, we got Tony Gonzalez, the great, the Hall of Fame. Yes. Tony Gonzalez coming up. Super excited about that one. Um, if you want to help us out, first of all, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. Let's get as many Chiefs fans in here for this Tony G interview that's coming right up. Uh, but if you want to help out our podcast, go to arrowheadaddict.com slash bets. We have a ton of betting promos there. If there's a sports book, if you bet and you haven't bet with them yet and you don't have an account and you want to support our podcast so that we can come back here next year, it's going to be in Las Vegas. It's going to be a hell of a lot more expensive in Las Vegas. Go to arrowheadaddict.com slash bets. Sign up with one of our affiliate partners. Make a $10 wager and we get paid. That helps us keep Sterling on the show. It helps us keep Adam Best on the show, helps us keep paying producer Richard, and it helps us come out to really right. awesome events like this so that we can give you the kind of coverage that we've been able to give you all week. And I hope I hope you all have appreciated it. I hope we did a good job for you. Uh, it's it's kind of an honor to, to be relaying all this information and try to ask questions on behalf of you guys out there. Yeah, no, it's been great. Um, and honestly... The way Radio Row usually works is Monday and Tuesday are kind of quiet, and then Wednesday and Thursday, steam really picks up, and then Friday, people start to empty out of here. It is, uh, it is not emptying out. No. There are a lot of people around yeah. here um, as we're getting toward the weekend. And so what you will see, though, if you're down in Phoenix, if you're coming down, is tons of fans start pouring into the city. Yeah. And a lot of the, you know, the radio stations and everybody else, if you're not covering the game, pouring out of here. So yeah. um, 
it's kind of fun to watch the the shift from a bunch of media. You see people walking around with cameras and tripods, and then all of a yeah. sudden it's like everybody's just in the Eagles or a Chiefs jersey. Right. So right. that's a lot of fun. It is. Uh, it's been really incredible down here. The Uber prices keep going up and up and up every day. Um, some breaking news from last night was the NFL honors, and as expected, Patrick Mahomes yep. wins his second MVP. I wanted to ask you about that, Verderam. What's what's the significance of Winning a second NFL MVP. Okay, so here's the full list of quarterbacks who have won multiple MVP awards and won multiple Super Bowls as a starter, which, of course, Mahomes will do if he wins on Sunday. Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. That's the entire list. That's the entire list. I mean, I think because Brady skewed everything so much with seven Super Bowls, like people aren't understanding of, like, what Mahomes is doing right now. Obviously, don't know if he's going to win a second one right. yet, but we do know he's won two MVPs. And even that alone, I mean, the list of, of quarterbacks who have won two NFL MVP awards is is minute. You're talking about Johnny Unitas, okay, who won three of them. You're talking about Joe Montana who won back-to-back 89-90. Steve Young won two of them. Uh, Brett Favre won three in a row. Only guy ever to do that. One or one, two. Peyton Manning won five. Rodgers won four. Brady won three. That's it. I mean, that's the entire... Every yeah. single one of those guys, either in the Hall of Fame, as a no-doubter Hall of Fame, by the yeah, way, yeah. or is Rodgers, Brady, not eligible yet. Of course, Mahomes as well. But, I mean, it's, it's an exclusive club, to say the least. And I don't think it was close. Uh, he did not get... He was not a human... Yeah, 48 of the 50 votes. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it wasn't close, like, between him and anybody else, like, if no, you want to make that no. argument. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I think you look at the performances this year. I would say, honestly, a second would be, for me, Justin Jefferson. I thought Justin Jefferson had an incredible year. I would tend to agree with you. I think uh, Jefferson, I saw somebody voted for Josh Allen. Just yeah, like, I saw that. Why? Like, when you vote, like, Burrow didn't get a vote, but right. Josh Allen did? Right. Based yeah. on what? Yeah, it doesn't make the, any sense. October? Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, it's, it was kind of a weird thing. But, yeah, I mean, look, I think the only two guys who got votes other than him were I think Hertz got one, I believe it was, and I think uh, Allen got another. Yeah. So, no, not surprising. There's only been one unanimous MVP in NFL history. It was Lamar. Lamar, Jones. yeah. That's it. So, um, also, I saw Gino got, uh, like, a like a ladder place. I forget if it was second or third or whatever. Gino yeah. Smith. Man's got more votes than Russell Wilson. <laughs> so. There you go. So just a fun little tidbit. Geno Smith, the comeback player of the year. Yeah, well deserved. Yeah. Um, and, and there were some good candidates this year. I mean, you had Saquon Barkley coming back from injury. But I just think for, for Geno Smith, you know, when you look at his comeback, it's usually somebody who had an injury, right, was missed hurt, a year. Right, maybe battled a sickness and illness. Yeah, right, but when you, when you think of the spirit of the award, you know, G- Geno was almost out of football. You know, right. he was sort of fading away. And, and when you and think about, like, how he came up. into the league, yeah. And to have this, and now it sounds like he's going to get paid. Yeah, I mean, that, oh, he's going to get paid. He's free agent. Yeah, good for Geno Smith. That's really awesome. Um, excited for him. And of course, when Eric Berry won it after right. dealing with cancer, yes. that's another just incredible feat. Yeah. Um, they honored Demar Hamlin and the medical yeah. team, which was which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, the Jets swept the Rookie of the Year awards. Yeah, so, and well deserved. Garrett yeah. Wilson, who we talked to earlier this week, yeah. Sauce Gardner, incredible player. Um, Nick Bosa won the Defensive Player of the Year, rightfully so. Chris yeah. Jones finished third, had had some votes. Um, somebody on Twitter was joking. I forget who it was. Uh, said. It's too bad Hurts didn't win the MVP because then we know Mahomes is going to win the Super Bowl. Right. Yep. <laughs> it would be a guarantee. Like, That's true. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, second MVP, 27 years old. Not bad. 
pretty good. And I think he'll have a chance to win one or two more before it's said and done. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, when you think about the guys that have won that award, he's just already in rare air. It's so exciting to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan at this point and just to be like, yeah, we get to watch this guy. Yeah. He's not even 30 yet. Uh, as Tony Gonzalez is approaching our table, yes. another high watermark for, for us. Uh, by the way, Gina says she's, she bought tickets to the Super Bowl uh, on Wednesday. Oh, wow. And she says any chance she can find us and, and uh, say hello and get an autograph. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Just uh, shoot me a DM on Twitter. If we can make it happen, uh, we, we, we'd love yeah, to say hi. Absolutely. Um, as Tony Gonzalez joins us. What's up, guys? How are you doing, sir? On? How are you? How man? are you? Yeah, nice to meet you, Thanks for coming by. Nice to see you yeah. guys. It's an honor to get to interview you. We both grew up really big Chiefs fans. So, oh, nice. Um, yep. Yeah, you... Uh, you uh, during some some rough times as a Chiefs fan, way <laughs> way really, to put it politely yeah, there. Yeah, 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 we sucked. We just sucked. We you weren't made good. it. You made it bearable. Uh, who are you working with today? Uh, I'm with Bear Aspirin. Oh, that's uh, right. You know, it's Heart Heart Month, yeah. February, and uh, out here something hits close to home for me. My uh, my mother has heart disease. Uh, my my aunt does. My grandmother, 104 years old, has heart disease. They all take yeah. Bayer aspirin uh, for a long time too, way before I was with this partnership. But uh, just bringing awareness. Uh, there's a great, there's a crazy stat I just learned that it, your risk of heart attack doubles when you're rooting for your home team, which I thought was crazy, uh, especially you know, being a Chief fan coming up for, the, for this week. But they have a great website, checkyourheartrisk.com, and uh, you go there, you take the survey. And it takes five, 10 minutes. And off of that, it'll spit out whether or not you're, you're low risk, medium risk, high risk, and then help you formulate a plan if need be. And so yeah. I love how they're driving, driving awareness to, to take care of your heart, to keep you around for a while. So check your heart risk.com. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. I know, okay. you know you've been a guy who's been out front for a long time about health, taking yeah. care of your body. How much has your regimen changed on a day in day out basis from your playing days to now being in retirement and just trying to stay healthy just for your day to day life? Yeah, uh, you know, obviously when you're playing, you're you are the most active you'll ever be. Yeah. Uh, and when I got done playing, I was burnt out, honestly. And um, I mean, still nutritionally, I always did that, the mindfulness, the meditation, all that other stuff. But I, I really I stopped working out. Uh, I, I wasn't doing anything too too active. And luckily, at genetics. Uh, I, I'm not gonna. I don't, we don't have that in my family, but I wasn't feeling good. And I just started working out this, this last year oh, uh, right. again. And it's yeah. been the best thing I ever did. I feel so stupid that I did not do that before. I would go for walks and I was always active, ride bikes sure. and stuff like that. But actually getting in there, starting lifting weights again, started doing cardio again. And it is, it, I feel so silly that I did not do that because I just feel better emotionally, uh, spiritually, physically. Yeah. Well, you look great. You look like you could go out there and play right now. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could play right now. You know. <laughs> I think somebody might take a chance on you. <laughs> Chiefs a little too tight end set with yeah. you and Kelsey. Yeah. Just, that's all I need. Five plays. That's go get it. a Super Bowl right, ring right, and get right. the hell out of there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it might be, yeah. might be too late to get you on the roster for this year, but next yeah. year. Um, now, when you were when you broke in on on the NFL scene, I remember you know I was becoming a big football fan, and I remember the conversation around you at the time was you know you were revolutionizing the position at the time. Um, obviously, you played for a really long time. How did the position evolve during your career, and how has it continued to evolve since uh, you retired? It's incredible. You know, I got lucky. Uh, I had an offensive coordinator named Jimmy Ray who, out there in Kansas City, 
and he believed in me and and said, hey, we're not just going to line you up at that tight end position. We're going to put you in the slot. We're going to put you out at receiver. We're going to put you in the backfield. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's kind of where this whole thing started. Now you see tight ends. That's, a lot of them don't even put their hand in the dirt anymore. Um, and and then, and I have no problem with that. I'm not going to be that old guy going, well, you don't have to block like I did. Right. But we also blocked back in the day. Yeah. Uh, but it is what it is. And you see what Travis Kelsey has done to the position. Uh, you see what a guy like Kyle Pitts. I don't know if you ever seen him. He's like a yep. freak when you see course, the yeah. unicorns. Yeah. Darren Waller. I saw him walking around here. These guys are so big and so athletic. Uh, and the way the league has gone too. It's a, it's a pass first league. It's 40, 50 times throwing sometimes in a game. Uh, the numbers that these guys are putting up. It's just it's been it's been fun to watch. Your career. I mean, you span seventeen seasons. You had fourteen Pro Bowls. You did okay. Uh, <laughs> Your last year, you had 83 catches, almost 900 yards. I mean, did you ever think to yourself, like, I can just keep going? I, I mean, it wasn't like you were one of these guys, you're like, at the end of it, like, eh, probably ought to hang it up. You're still one of the best players in the league, your position. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, and I knew that at the time, too, but it was, a, it was a conscious decision. I had planned on retiring, actually, the year before. Mm-hmm. We went to the NFC Championship game. I was like, it's Super Bowl or bust this year, and we got yeah. really, really close. But when you, I mean, we lost to the, the 49ers in the NFC Championship game, yep. Colin Kaepernick and those guys. And um, it, it, it hurts so bad. It's the most pain I've ever felt. And I was like, I can't go out like this. I got I to gotta come back. And so when I did come back, we, 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 we weren't that good. I think we won two games that year. Uh, everybody got hurt. But after that, it was real easy for me to walk away. I was like, I've gotten everything I wanted. We were clearly in rebuild mode at that point. Yeah. They did go to the Super Bowl, but it, they didn't go until three years later with Matt Ryan. Obviously, the meltdown in the Super sure, Bowl. Sure, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I was and I knew that, and I was like, I, I can't, I can't be part of rebuild anymore. I think one of the most impressive things about your career, having played so long, which you were so remarkably consistent. And I, I came across this stat today, which I didn't know. You played in 270 games in your career. There were only five of them in which you didn't record a catch. And a majority of those came your rookie year. Yeah. How were you so consistent going through different quarterbacks, offensive systems, coaching changes, team changes? Yeah, it's, it's tough. I, honestly, I, I, hard work. I mean, discipline. Uh, you, you focus. Uh, communication. I think that's a big big yeah. deal. Playing with some of these quarterbacks like Tyler Thigpen and Brody Croyle and, and, and guys that you, you might nobody really even knows about. Uh, they're, they're young guys inexperienced, but I, we, we did a lot of communicating like, Hey, this is where I like it. This is where I'm going to be. Where do you like it? Where can I be there to help you? Uh, cause we got to keep it rolling. I mean, and we, and like I said, you know, we talked about the top, we just weren't that good, yeah. but we had to go out there and make it work. I'm not going to sit around and, and lay and say, what was me? Let's, 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 let's make something happen. Well, let's yeah. talk about a year. You were pretty good. 2003, you guys offensively for that stretch, those couple of years there, if not the best offense in the league, top two, top three. What was it like just being on that offense, knowing that you know, we probably hang 30 on just about anybody? Great offensive line. We had Tony Richardson here yesterday. Yeah. He was talking about the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically six offensive linemen with Jason Dunn. Yep. Um, yeah, just talk a little bit about, if you could, how special it was to be a part of that offense where you guys were going out and putting up, really at the time, historic numbers. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. you look at the numbers now compared to what the guys do today. It's probably like, eh, hey, you guys are all right. It's a little unfair but, to But compare. at the time, yeah, yeah at the time it was, it was phenomenal. Uh, one of the best offensive lines in NFL history, Hall of Famers, uh, Will Shields, Willie Rofe, uh, Brian Waters, maybe a Hall of Famer, yeah. uh, and then Jason Dunn. And I, I, I consider myself a pretty good blocker, too. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those things like we would run 80 Storm Boss, which is like a sweep, and, and, and Priest would get the ball. He wouldn't even get touched till five, <laughs> six yards down the field yeah. on his way to offensive MVP of the league yeah. that year. It was so special. It's just, you know, 
but I, it's bittersweet because I mean, we didn't win. We didn't win, and that and it, and we, we did well during the regular season. But when you get to the playoffs, you know, you got to have that complete team. Nothing against the guys on defense, um, but it just it wasn't good enough. Uh, we couldn't. I mean, the game we played, there was no punts, yeah, and yeah. and uh, whoever had the ball last won, and that was Peyton Manning. I know it's it, it can't replace actually having you know made it yourself, but as a Chiefs legend, do you get to at least some satisfaction vicariously through the team, all the success that they're having now? Absolutely, yeah. and and I, I don't I don't know I know Travis I guess pretty well, uh, and that's yeah. it. Uh, Alan Wright, the head equipment manager, <laughs> <laughs> my guy. I but but that's really the only connection I have with guys being on the team. Yeah. Uh, but the fans, I, I obviously I, mean, I had a lot of relationships that I made out there in Kansas City, and I'm so happy for them because we couldn't get it done. Yeah. We couldn't. And I, I love walking around when people see me. They're like, "Hey, good luck this weekend." Good luck. I'm like, yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not even playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but just to be associated with them. I, I'm really happy for those fans. Uh, they finally got what they deserve in a in a team because it changes the mood of the city. Yeah. Uh, everybody's happier. Tins are held high. Uh, that 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 town is 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 a sports town, and they're crazy yeah. about their fan, uh, their Chiefs. It sure is. When you watch them, especially with Patrick Mahomes, now he threw for fifty two hundred yards this year, and it felt somewhat effortless. Like you just watched the game. When I four hundred yards and three touchdowns, that's fine. Yeah. Um, what is it like for you? I mean, a Hall of Fame pass catcher to watch him and some of the things he does. You ever stop and think to like? If I if I had played with that, like the numbers I could have put up, or man, like I can't believe that happened on a football field, whether it's a Noah pass or him, you know, throwing like a hook shot to McKinnon in Denver earlier this year. Yeah. Like, what do you see when you see Patrick Mahomes? Uh, I see the the next generation. Is uh, I always say this comparison, but it's Steph Curry, where he yeah. comes into the league and he's doing stuff that nobody has ever seen. I mean, you're taking 35 foot jump shots or whatever and making them doing left-handed uh, throws like you said and he's and he's and he's connecting on these plays uh it's 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 inspiring and you see the younger generation now they're doing the just like in, like Steph was the only one doing it for a while now you see a lot of young players they're doing it and they're yeah. hitting them that's what's going to happen now he's he's changed the game yeah. i guess you can say like the tight end position like i was able to take the torch from some of these guys and then do my thing and then now you see all the young, all these other titans like, well, I can do what Tony just did. And now you see what Travis is doing, and yeah. he's taking it to this this other level. And now all these other titans are doing the same thing. So Patrick is a trendsetter. Um, he's he's well on his way to being one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. Now you took the torch from a guy like Shannon Sharp, and then you know pass it off to a guy like Gronk. Obviously, Kelsey's at the top of the mountain now. When you look around the league, you mentioned watching some of them walk around here. Who do you think he's going to hand it off to? Who's going to be the next guy? That Travis Kelsey's hands done? it off to? Yeah. I think, uh, God, I love Kyle Pitts, another yeah. team I paid for in, in Atlanta. Yeah. If, if uh, he had a down year, no doubt about it. Yeah. But that's a good thing. My second year in the league, I had a down year, led the NFL in drop passes. And it changed everything, though. And if he can dig deep and go through that, that dark time of his career, which he's going through right now, yeah. and get a quarterback – uh, I think uh, I think he can he can definitely take that that torch. But you know, it's always sometimes it's a guy out of nowhere that yeah. that that does just like Travis, yeah. or third round draft choice. You're like, oh, who knows? Yeah. And he comes out and he just does this phenomenal stuff. Yeah. When you watch Travis Kelsey, I mean, you know more about the tight end position than just about anybody. You haven't played it so long as well as you did. What do you look at and are most impressed by with him? Travis. Yeah. Uh, his what stands out. People always compare us, right? And like, okay, what's this? What's that? What I know he does better than me is when he gets the ball in his hands, he gets upfield better than I did. He can make guys he, – he can go score. When he catches the ball, you're like, okay, he can go about 30, 40 yards if not score a touchdown. Yeah. Um, his ability to read the zone, the connection that he has with Patrick Mahomes – 
and Andy Reid too. Like they've been doing this for so long. It's 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 that Belichick, Gronk, Tom Brady connection. Yeah. It's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, it's backyard football. And Patrick is so good that you, if you want to double team Travis, go ahead. You won't because if you do that, he's going to kill you. And so that's why these guys, the numbers they're putting up right now, it's it's only going to. If, if Travis wants to, he's going to do this for the next three, four years, and he's going to have a chance to break my records. Yeah, I, I got to follow up on that. Like what, every week, every week, you hear, "Why don't teams just take away Kelsey? Why don't they double him? Why don't they bracket him? Why don't they chip him? Whatever the case may be." And every week he goes out and has eight catches, a hundred yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. Why is it so hard to double him, to bracket him, whatever the case may be? Because it seems like it's talked about all the time, but nobody can do it. Well, it, I think. Andy Reid is a genius, is a play calling genius. You got to have that, and you got to have a quarterback that trusts you that, okay, even if he's covered, I'm still going to throw him the ball. And with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, all you need is a couple inches, and he's going to put that ball right on the money. Yeah. So, uh, and I know Travis is absolutely um, um, humble about that, saying, hey, I'm playing with the best quarterback in the league. And so all I got to do is get a little bit of separation, and I'm going to make that play. Uh, but I think it just comes down to this. He's, Travis is a phenomenal player. When it's all said and done, the same thing when I played. People were like, why don't they just double? And I did get double teamed. Got triple teamed sometimes. Sure. But I'm still going to make plays. That's what yeah. pros do. And that's when you become really good. I always say that first year that you pop off and you go to the Pro Bowl and everybody knows when you come back next year, everybody's got your number now. Yep. And that's, really, that's when we'll see how good you really are. And Travis has proved that now to a Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Fame career. We talked about passing the torch and the kids that are watching these players now. What about you when you were growing up? Who was your favorite player, and did you model your game after anybody? Uh, Kellen Winslow. I watched yeah. a little bit of his tape. Uh, I watched uh, Shannon Sharp, seeing what he did. But I watched a lot of receivers. I mean, a lot of the tight ends, when I was started to do my thing, they, the, the other tight ends weren't doing it. I mean, there was nobody else to really look to, to yeah. say, okay, I want to do it like them. I was looking at receivers. I was looking at Tur Terrell Owens. Because he was somebody who was like my height, and I know I'm, I'm not going to be Terrell. Yeah. But what what I was like, he's six five or whatever, and he's running his routes. I would look at the, the receivers and how they ran routes and how they come out of breaks and how they come back to the ball. Uh, because that's who I wanted to be like. I'm like, obviously, that's people love a, a, a tight end who can block. But yeah. you, if you want to make some money in this league and help your team out, you got to go catch the ball. Sure. Last question: Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl Sunday night. Who do you have and why? Uh, well. We had a chance to see both these teams this year on our on our prime bod, uh, um, broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Philly, I, San Francisco, to me, after they made a couple of trades, we had them too. San Francisco had the best roster. It's unfortunate what happened in that playoff game with yeah. Purdy getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah. But Philly has the most complete roster. They're, they're the best team out there. But there's a guy named Patrick Mahomes, and it's always a wild card. So I'm going to go with Kansas City. I think if Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco, can get churning out there. He brings that attitude, that funk to this offense that they need to go along with that quote-unquote finesse team. Yeah. Yeah. And if they can run the ball, Patrick's going to be able to do his magic. And I think Chris Jones and Nick Bolt and the rest of that defense, that they step up and they do just enough. They won't stop him for four quarters. But I say 27-24. Chiefs. Okay. One. All, right. All right. Tony Gonzalez, thanks right. so thanks. much. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate you. Absolutely. Yeah, Tony Gonzalez, Hall of Famer, Chiefs Hall of Famer. Falcons Hall of Famer, um, just one of the absolute best to ever do it. But that was awesome, man. Yeah, not what a bad. great interview. Now, and I feel like, to be fair, I feel like he has gotten such a short end of the stick a lot of times in Kansas City. Oh, 100%. Because he wanted to get traded and he went to right. Atlanta and fans right. got so upset about it. Yeah. And I'm not just saying because we interviewed him. I really, I genuinely feel this way. I've never understood that. No. 
they sucked. Right. They were terrible. The man was 33 years old, right. had given his entire career to complete nonsense, yep. Yep. year in, year out, and finally just said, guys, yep. listen, I got a couple years in the tank. Get something for me. Yeah. Wasn't, didn't throw a hissy fit. Just said, look, man, just move me. Right. And then he goes to Atlanta and had five great years and retires. And, you know, every once in a while, there'd be like a quote out there that people be like, why doesn't he love Kansas City more? It's like, he, he grew up in California. He right. played for the Chiefs, played for the Falcons. Like, it's okay. It's right. okay. Like, he can also love Falcons fans. And he the man, the man just so said, much more than he got, you know, were, I, in you're, my opinion. You're absolutely right. And he, the man just sat there and said, I was so happy for Chiefs fans yeah. because they deserved it. Like, don't latch on to one quote where the guy said that, like, playing in Atlanta made his career. Well, of course it did. That doesn't. That they doesn't were good. Yeah, they actually were good. He had a <laughs> shot to play games. for a Super Bowl. It doesn't diminish anything he did in no. Kansas City. But look, these guys, as, as, as Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game. And the Tony Chiefs did not because Tony, of Herm Edwards. Right, right. <laughs> Tony went out there, gave a Hall of Fame performance every single week. Yep. That there was nothing more the man could have done no. for the Chiefs. And he was, listen, when he played for the Chiefs, he was a model of consistency. Yeah. Phenomenal player. Yeah. I mean, Amazing. he made the Pro Bowl 10 straight years in Kansas City. Yeah. Ten, Unbelievable. And here, here's Unbelievable. the list of quarterbacks he was playing yeah. with. Yeah. Elvis Gerbach, Trent Green, fair enough. Damon Heward, Tyler Thigpen, Brody Croyle. <laughs> I mean, the man on. should be put in the Hall of Fame those twice. Are, those are third-string quarterbacks I mean, all so the way through. He deserves so much more credit. You know, I, I think sometimes there's this mentality of like, yeah, well, he turned his back on. No, he didn't. Yeah. Like, the Chiefs turned their back on him for 10 years, and they couldn't get a quarterback. Right, right. So I, I, I'm thankful he came over, gave us a nice uh, conversation there. He, yeah. he was – people, I think sometimes, honestly, forget how ridiculous he was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at his 15,000 yards as a, as a tight end. Yeah. In an era where, as he correctly pointed out, not many guys were doing that. Yeah, he was blowing people's minds. Oh, my God. I mean, as, you know, as because, and guy. he opened the door for an Antonio yeah. Gates. Yeah. Right? For a guy like that. Everybody always talks about, oh, you got to play basketball and all that. There's you know, another guy who doesn't Jimmy get enough Graham. credit. Is Antonio it, Gates. It's just, those, you know, those guys aren't remembered. Because now, like, right after they retired, it was in immediately. It was Gronk. Yeah. And now it's Kelsey and Kittle and all these guys. But... Gonzalez and Gates and, and, and even Jimmy Graham for a shorter period of time yep. really changed them all the way you're looking for in a tight end. Yep, yep. We're, uh, we're going to have Aiden Hutchinson coming up from the Detroit Lions. That's a pretty good one. But Verham and I actually met him uh, this time last year when he was preparing for the NFL yep. draft, so it's going to be good to catch up with him. But I wanted to ask you, I saw a tweet. This was actually funny. I, forgive me, I can't remember who tweeted it, but they, they, they tweeted out who's going to be eligible for the, for the next Hall of Fame class. Among those is Eric Berry. Um, yes. Matt Castle actually responded to that tweet and said, hey, don't forget about me. Hilarious guy. Yes. We got to get Matt Castle on the podcast. What do I do? He's fine um, uh, Eric Berry. Is he Hall of Famer to you? He's a really interesting case. You know what? My initial just gut reaction is, yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Five-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, comeback player of the year, all-decade team. First of all, I need to yeah. say this for people who don't, don't know this. If you're on the all-decade team, you usually make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, first of all, if you're a first-team guy, you make the Hall of Fame. Right. If you're a second-team all-decade, like, you got a damn good shot. He was – the only thing for him that hurts him is his career was a little shorter. Yeah. But he was a great player. Fantastic. I mean, I, I, to me, yes. Like, when he played, he was the best safety in football. I mean, him, the guys in Seattle, yeah. right? I mean, the, the, the tail end of Reed and Palomago, but he was – 
he was dominant, made made the Pro Bowl as a rookie, played all the way through. Yeah, I, to me, to me, he's all fan. The only thing that hurts him is he really only played five full seasons. The other years he was hurt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some guys burn bright for a short period of time. That's why I still believe that Jamal Charles should get consideration for the Hall. He's also a first year candidate. Yeah, I mean when when. When somebody is the best you've ever seen, yes. or one of the best you've ever yes. seen play the position. Now, obviously, you run into the longevity thing, and then, like, where do you draw the line, right? Like, oh, yeah, remember when that guy had that really great game? You're not putting him in sure, the Hall of sure. Fame. But, like, I feel like Jamal Charles did it enough seasons to where, and especially when you compare him to other guys that are in the Hall of Fame yep. with similar stats, and, th- there's no question he's one of the best ever lays him And for, for Barry, by the way, uh, only three guys, only three guys made it as a safety for that all-decade team. And it was him, Eric Weddle, and Earl Thomas. And I have respect for yeah. Weddle. Weddle was yeah. terrific. He was yeah. not Eric Berry. Yeah. You know, the Thomas was a free safety. He's a different type of player, different thing. But you know, I just think sometimes you have to look at the whole situation. Um, but he's – Jamal Charles is a fascinating one. Jamal Charles I do not think will get in. But, man <laughs> – it's a shame, really, if he doesn't, because he was a phenomenal player. I, I've always felt I'd rather have the guy who was truly great for five years, six years, than the guy who compiled for 15. Yeah. I, I just and I, and I said that I always used to argue that for Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis was a Hall of Famer. I, I don't care if he only played six years. Did you see Terrell Davis? Right. Like, my argument is always, and my, my threshold is always going to be, if, if I needed you for one game, would I rather have you or you? I mean, you're going to tell me you'd rather have Jerome Bettis over Jamal Charles? Right. There's no way in hell. No chance. Right? So, to me, that's always kind of my threshold. I, I think Charles it was a whole thing town. I don't think he gets in. I do think that Barry eventually gets in. If you eventually get a Hall of Fame vote, I know you don't have one yet. You're, you're, you're friends with a lot of people who do, so you're very yeah, familiar yeah, with the process yeah. and behind the scenes. If you ever get a Hall of Fame vote and you, were, you had the shot, would you stand up for Jamal Charles and would you vote for him? I would. I would vote for him because, look, if something like that is so prestigious and so important. You take any emotion out of it. You have to. But I go by what I just said. It's the same reason I would have voted for Terrell Davis. Right. Jamal, now, Terrell Davis had the postseason. I get it. He had the 2,000-yard season. Jamal Charles was a force of nature on a team where most of his career, he was the only guy. Right. I mean, you were putting eight in the box every play against it. Didn't matter. And they couldn't block, oh, by the no, way. They were brutal. They were a brutal team. Yeah. I would absolutely stand up and say, "Look, this guy should be counted." Like, I'm not. I'm not putting in. And I know he's a guy who gets a lot of attention. I'm not putting in Fred Taylor over Jamal Charles. Nope. I'm sorry, I'm not. Nope. I'm not. I'm not even having that. Like, I would absolutely. I'll give you a guy who I think ought to get more shine, and he's probably never going to get in because for a lot of his career. He played on a lousy team and then actually played a very good team to end it. Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon's a guy, 11,000 yards, four yeah. Pro Bowls, never made an all-pro team. People are going, the man was on garbage his it's entire terrible. career yeah. until he went to New England at the very end and won a Super Bowl. Like, And by the way, people forget this. I even forget this sometimes. He went to New England in 04, so he won the third of those three Super Bowls. He was 30 years old. He rushed for 1,635 yards that year. Holy God. Like, could you imagine what that man would have done on a decent on a team? team? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you never hear him brought up ever. That, he should absolutely be in the Hall of Fame. Also, his nickname on Pro Football Reference is Clock Killing Corey Clock Dillon. Killing Corey Dillon. For that alone, put him good. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, one thing, uh, going back to Tony, what, that he said, 
it made me feel really good just as a as a and pseudo analyst and fan because I talked about this all I talk about this all the time. Whenever I talk about that Chiefs offensive line, I yep. talk about them running sweeps and tosses with Priest Holmes behind yeah. that line, yep. and he would just and Tony said it. Literally, what I'm always saying, he just would he wouldn't get touched. He'd walk in, and that was true. It was like if they got down to the five yard line, good night. Yeah, he's got walking into the end zone. You might as well just you might as well just concede the the points so you can get the ball back quicker. I he mean, was, those guys were unbelievable. They were great too, in the sense like he just there would be times when they'd run the ball, and you see like Willie Rofe pull out, yeah. and there'd be a 180 pound corner. Like, <laughs> that man's like, in need of a funeral. Yeah, yeah. like. You had guys, if you go back and watch some of those tapes, like the amount of business decisions made on the edge, and yeah. I don't even blame those guys. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine having Willie Rove pull around the corner and you're yeah. like, you know I'm good. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to let Bob over here make right. the tackle. Right. Like, I, I don't care. And speaking of Willie Rove, man, near the end there, man could barely move, was still the best tackle on the field. I mean, Carl, <laughs> it was like one of those situations, you know, where – like in the movies where someone's like, let me die. Like poor Willie Rove was like, <laughs> the man was so banged up and he kept trying to retire. And I don't know what Carl Peterson had kept on him. Pulling him back out yeah, he retired, just kept, yeah. he kept going. And I, I remember all offseason I'd be reading, you know, the newspaper and I'd be like, Carl Peterson's trying to get Willie Rove to come back for one more year. And I was like, come on, Willie. Yeah. And, and he was still just incredible. Yeah. I mean, just what that. And they traded for him, right? For uh, oh, yeah. the Saints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And didn't give up a ton either. Like, for reasons I'll never understand, the Saints were just like, yeah, he's all right. We're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Willie Rove was incredible. And obviously, you know, made it into the Hall of Fame, rightfully so. Yeah. But yeah, he played. He played for a long enough time. He made two all decade teams. Yeah. <laughs> like, and by the way, if you were curious, the Chiefs, here's what the Chiefs traded for Willie Rove. A conditional pick. <laughs> nice job of the Saints yeah, there. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah. Wait, you know, Carl catches some flack, and rightfully so. That was a good one. That worked out. Yeah, good move by Carl. That, uh, that worked uh, out okay. Shout out to, to the super chat from Bumpa, our guy. Thank uh, you, man. Uh, heard an heard an update on Sneed's knee. We need him. Yeah, you're, you uh, ain't kidding. Diana Rossini tweeted out that there's that yeah, you know, little little banged up. Nothing nothing serious. It, it yeah. won't uh, affect his uh, status in the game. Yeah. And, um, another from the chat. Uh, Miller says Charles is the reason I became a Chiefs fan. I'm a somewhat younger fan, but Charles was electric when he was healthy. It's kind of cool to see that as as you and I got to sit here and geek out about yeah. Joe Montana and Tony Gonzalez. You know, guys that. We're part of our young fandom. Um, it's cool to hear you know, sort of the next generation of Chiefs fans no and the players that brought them in. I'm still waiting for somebody who's like, man, you know, I know they didn't win a lot of games, but Tyler Thigpen was electric. Yeah. You know, he was electric running around out there. You're going to be waiting. Um, I will say he's the only thing that made that season. And shout out to Chan Gailey, by the way, who, uh, who figured out how to create an offense, usually for about a half a game. They, yep. they look like an actual football and, and team. And then not so much. Yeah, and then and then that was it. But that was kind of an impossible job. Oh, they were brutal. Yeah. They were, br- they were a brutal football yeah. team. Chen Gailey, Hall of Fame consideration for that alone. Yeah. He's a big socks and sandals guy, by the way. It is Chan Gailey. It's a shame. Yeah. Oh, he's used to see. Who is some of your favorite, like one of my favorite people to write about with the Chiefs was, was, was Dick Curl, <laughs> former quarterback coach of the Chiefs. One, hilarious name. Yes. Two, uh, my nickname for <laughs> Because remember, like when I covered the Chiefs, when I ran the, the website Arrowhead Attic, they were so bad. I was in the they same boat that, that Tony was in, and you know Dick Curl was the quarterback coach. All of our quarterbacks were terrible. Our nickname on the website for him was Father Time. 
<laughs> and we were like, you just were looking at the team and you're like, man, we got this guy. He's older than dirt. Yeah. You know, our quarterback stink. Our team stinks. Can we just get something that works around here? It was fun coming up with nicknames for the teams when they stunk. I, like, look, don't get me wrong. I know Matt Connor's having a blast covering the team when they're good. Yeah. But when you're writing about a football team, it's kind of fun when they stink. I remember, so at that time, I was just, I was a desk writer at SB Nation. Yeah. And one of my assignments was a lot of times like to write like four or five of the game previews for the week. So I'd always take them because even though they stunk, I'm like, I'll write about that. Why not? Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I ripped them so bad in an article that my editor would be like, Vertoram, come on. Yeah. we got we got to pare us down by 100 right. words. you got to tone it down a little bit. Take it easy. Oh, Take it easy. Oh. So, so we've got a problem here. They just brought the bounty, and they brought the wings. And the wings, I, you know, I think the wings are probably not safe for consumption, but okay. they look and smell incredible. Um, and, you know, it's funny that we're, we're working with bounty here because – you know, some people like the napkin. Like when I'm eating wings, I'm a paper towel guy. Yeah, you need. And this is, you know, Kansas the City, the barbecue. You got to go paper towel. Yeah, the napkin's not big enough. And you sometimes need. you go to these barbecue joints and they give you the cheap paper towel. It's a disgrace, right? And they just they disintegrate in your hand. Or worse, they give you those tiny little napkins that are like that big. Yeah, those those, right? those bullshit towels. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I supposed to do yeah. with this? This is what I need right here. Is an entire roll of it. Yeah. So my my my, my wife, God bless her. Uh, always we got Aiden Hutchinson's. You're going to have to wait for that story. Actually, it might be better if I don't tell it. Yeah, it's uh, probably for the best. <laughs> Hi, how are you? How you doing, Aiden? Aiden, what's going on? Hey. How are you? Good to see you, man. Good, Good to man. see you. Good. Grab a seat. So, uh, so, so tell us about uh, you're working together here with, uh, with Bounty, yeah? yeah? Yeah, I'm with you with Bounty because you can't have football without wings and you can't have wings without Bounty. So, yeah. you know, whenever you're eating wings, man, get your cooker picker upper and go wipe your face and go, yeah. go wipe your fingers. You know, you lick your fingers, it's a lot of germs, right? Yeah. So yeah, You've yeah. got to look like a human being. That's right, be, yeah. be a person. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, what's your favorite kind of wing? You bone in by boneless? What kind of sauce you going uh, with? Honestly, I, I don't really have a preference. You know, if I'm feeling lazy, I'll go boneless. But if I'm feeling, if I want a really good wing, I'll, I'll get my bone-in flats, you know, okay. barbecue. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah. that's that's my vibe. Well, you need the protein, right? Oh, yeah. yeah no but, So you you probably don't remember. We met you a year a year ago this week. Yeah, but Sports uh, Academy. Uh, at the Sports Academy. Uh, we came to watch you work out. You're getting ready for the draft. Yeah. Uh, we were watching you do push-ups with plates on your back. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was intense. Oh, yeah. yeah. Impressive. Yeah, yeah. We both said at the time, like, hey, man, we got to get to the gym as you can see, we both we're we still both waiting did. to get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been close. How? What was the transition like from you uh, from from college to the pros? You're playing a longer season. Yeah, no doubt. Um, how did it go for you? Yeah, you know, it was it was different, man. Like the the skill level with the with the offensive line, man. It doesn't never really falters. I mean, there's some elite guys every here and then, but but that that skill level is very consistent compared yeah. to college. And then. Um, also, just the style of the game. The NFL style is different. I think it's it's more beneficial to pass rushers too, just because you know more play action. You know, quarterbacks holding on to that ball a little bit longer. But sure. it's something I had to get used to that for real too. Now you had three sacks in your second game. You yeah. Three sacks since Washington. Did you walk out of that game feeling like, no, it's going to be pretty easy. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I was I'm like, rolling. I mean, three sacks in your second NFL <laughs> game. It it uh, could set you up for thinking you might have like 25 sacks in the year. I know. And I was feeling like I could do that every game, but you know, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, it doesn't happen every game. Um, but no, I, I could feel when I got that, I was like, every game, I was like, okay, it's going to be a three sacker right here. We'll yeah. see, who knows? Yeah. yeah. You had a what? You had three interceptions this year. Yep. So I have to ask. 
How did you do that? I don't think you had any picks in college, correct? I never had any interceptions ever. Yeah, no, ever. Okay, so you get to the NFL, you rack up a bunch of sacks, over 50 tackles, three interceptions. How did you do it? And are the Lions thinking of taking a look at you at cornerback? I mean, I'm willing to score some touchdowns. If you had to put me at flex me in at tight end, I'm willing to do that. Yeah. So um, I'll talk to Dan about this soon. And then, um, uh, yeah, I don't know about corner. You know, I don't <laughs> think I want to cover guys like Tyreek Hill. Sure. But, you know, you want to drop me back there. I, I, got, I'm, I got the sure hands to catch the ball. Yeah. The good news is you're, you're, you get up and press. Yeah. You just can't let him get by you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get by you, it's yeah. a problem. I'll, I'll play a little zone third. I, I don't yeah. mind that. There you go, a little, little, little cover three. Uh, yeah. So – you guys started out the year as a team, being in some close games, not being able to finish. Yeah. Second half of the year is totally different story. I believe yeah. we finished season seven and two. Yep. Win that big game in Lambeau. Yeah. And I think a lot of people going into that night, because of the way everything had shook up, and all the Packers have to do is win. Yeah. The Lions are eliminated because Seattle had won. Right. And then you guys came out and showed the whole country, no, no, we're gonna we're gonna come out and compete now. Yeah. How big of a win and how big of the end of the season was that for you guys now yeah. as you're getting ready for you to go in your second year, Dan Campbell, third year of the program? It's, it's, it's so big, man. And, and it's it's a game going into, you know, a lot of everyone was saying we're playing for nothing. But, you know, as I go around Radio Row, everyone talks about it. So clearly this game <laughs> had impacts bigger than, than, than anything anyone ever anticipated. And, and to win with Aaron Rodgers, playoff hopes on the line, I mean, you name it. That was the game. Yeah. He was at home. We were away. We had everything going against us, and we found a way. And that, and that was the difference. You said it in the second half of the year. Now, you were born in Michigan, lived in Michigan, went to college at Michigan. How cool was it to get drafted by the Lions and get to play in your home state? It's it's ridiculous. You know, I'm taking the same expressway I took to high school. I just get <laughs> off a little bit later. Yeah. Um, it's just everything about this. It's so weird, you know. I feel like I'm... I don't feel like I'm actually in the NFL because I feel like a lot of guys move, got a big move. They're in yeah. foreign area. Dude, I'm I'm taking the same routes I've always known. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is it like playing for Dan Campbell? And we all saw hard knocks, and we've yeah. seen Dan Campbell get up in front of a press conference and talk about biting kneecaps yeah. and all the rest of it. Oh, yeah. Passionate, I think, is an understatement. But yeah. what is it like to actually play for Dan on a day-in, day-out basis? Really, what you see is what you get. You know that same intensity that you see on hard knocks, on in interviews. It's um, it's very apparent all the way around. So, um, really, it's I, I love playing for a guy like that, and he's really a player's kind of coach. You know, it's a guy that you want to strap it up for, you want to put on the pads for him, and you want to win for for a guy like that. He's super passionate, but he seems like he's got a really big heart as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's what he's driven by: his heart, his passion for the game, everything. Would you say? You know, Aaron Glenn did a heck of a job with you guys second half of the season. He actually got some looks as potentially being a head coach because yeah. going to come back. Um, what would you say changed for you guys defensively second half of the year? Because it really wasn't so much of a personnel change right. as much as it just was a shift all of a sudden yeah. from you guys maybe defensively struggling first half of the year. The second half of the year, you guys were an asset to the yeah. team and really came on. No doubt. I mean, there was there were small schematic changes that we made that we thought would better suit um, kind of our personnel, but also – you know, we had a player-led team meeting and just taking accountability for our actions and taking accountability, every guy taking accountability for their mistakes and, you know, not pointing fingers at a certain group and stuff like that. So that, that was that was the vibe um, in the middle of the season. I didn't know that turned into a six-game win streak, though. I don't think anybody did, you know? <laughs> well, we know you got to get out of here, but uh, we got to ask you, I'm sure everybody's asking you, heading into Sunday, two, we think, really closely matched teams. Who you got? Philly. Defensive line's going to win it. All right. Okay. Oh, hey. The defensive Eight guy, of course, right? Working for Bounty. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Man? yeah, thanks for coming Take it easy. Yep. Have yeah. a good one. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Oh. 
All right. Aiden Hutchinson, one of the best yeah. young players in the NFL. Oh, nine and a half sacks, incredible. three interceptions. Yeah, you guys can uh, leave the wings if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll get we'll get we'll get some later. Yeah. Thanks yeah, a lot. Thank care. you. Um right. I I meant everything I said by the way about the paper towels. Yeah. My, so the story I was going to tell is uh Mag bought we usually get bounty and she bought it she bought another kind of paper towel. They're like made of bamboo or something. Completely useless. Completely useless. And she signed up for the subscribe and save from, from Amazon. Um and so they just kept coming and I was just like, "Look, I'm not using this." They're bullshit. Um, you know, I'm Throw using that shit in the trash. And, well, and here's the thing: it's like they say, "Well, they're bamboo; like they're supposed to be more sustainable." But I got to use half the damn roll to clean up one mess because they don't it's absorb anything. Back. Yeah, it's Listen, it's ridiculous. By the way, why aren't they bringing me drinks? Can someone get me a beer? It, because you know, this is why you got to know. This your is brand, it. we're at the end okay? of the line. This is the last day. This that is, was the last interview. This has become my brand. By the way, Mountain Dew, if you're out there. I can be bought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Bounty, by the way, I can also be rented. That was Bounty. That was just a taste. That was just a, a free sample of what we can give you here at the Arrowhead Attic Podcast if you decide you want to uh, to sponsor us. Speaking of sponsors, can't do a show without shouting out our sponsor, the Kansas City Beer Company, at KC Beer Co. We actually brewed a beer in collaboration with these guys uh, back in December. They released it for the playoffs. It's available in the beer hall still in Kansas City. If you're going to be watching the Super Bowl, you need to go to KC Beer. Um, they, they brought out some six-packs. They yep. sold out, so they made more six-packs. They sold out again. So you can get a growler, I believe, if you want to get some to take home to watch the, the big game this weekend. But shout-out to KC Beer, uh, the, the largest independent brewery in Kansas City, the only one that focuses on German beer styles. They, uh, they make their beer according to the, the uh, Bavarian beer purity laws of 1516. Yep. They only use four ingredients. It's clean. I was in high it's school delicious. Then. What's that? I was in high school then. Yeah. 1516? Yeah. 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 You, and, uh, you and Tony Gonzalez went to the same high school. That's right. Unfortunately, he went to the gym afterwards. Yeah, that, that, that's right. I went right. to get pizza. That's right. Um, Look, yeah, I, I got, I got my water. plain water guy. I got my water. Yeah, um, disgrace. <laughs> our guy Doug and KC says, uh, got to love the storytelling with Patrick Allen. Let's go. You got, we all got to be good at something. Um, it's a Verderham's drunk about 100 Mountain Dews this week. From <laughs> I mean, I, I'm telling you guys, like, you know, a lot of you have jobs that are way harder than, than we got. Oh, yeah. Sitting on God, our asses here. But it does take a lot out of you. Um, it, but it's just it's so much fun to be down here. And again, we do this for you. Um, another thing I want to shout out. If you know, I know you've been, you guys, a lot of you guys watch Stagging the Box. You've been catching the coverage with Rotary Ram. Shout out to Special Olympics. Oh, we've been huge, partnering huge. with them here at Fansided. Uh, we've been partnered uh, with our, our special correspondent, uh, Malcolm Harris Gowdy. You've Great been working job. with him all Great week. Great job. And, uh, you know, I just want to say if you guys haven't caught all the coverage from Malcolm, go to the Stacking the Box channel, check that out. And if you get the chance, volunteer at Special Olympics. They're all over the place. There are so many kids out there that, um, that the Special Olympics helps breaking down barriers. And we, we, we got to prove yep. it this weekend yep. with Malcolm. That people, a lot of people think about people with intellectual disabilities as, 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 as being limited. And yep. the Special Olympics is all about throwing that, that nonsense out. What was it like working with Malcolm this week? It was great. You know, and look, I'm going to be straight up. I think a lot of times people look at, at those who have, as you put it, intellectual disabilities as limited and lesser than. And it's bullshit. Because, frankly, I've worked with a lot of people in my career, 
And you know what? Malcolm was happy to be here every day. He knew his stuff. Yeah. He asked good questions. He was knowledgeable of the game. You know how many people I work with who don't have an intellectual disability who don't care yeah. and they're not passionate and they're in a lousy mood and they yeah. don't know what they're talking about. Like I thought I thought Malcolm did a terrific job all week. Yeah. I can't wait to cover the Super Bowl with him on Sunday. Um, he's been an absolute pleasure to work with as has the whole Special Olympics team. It's it's inspiring, man. And you know, no doubt. It's sitting here like, you know, Joe Montana comes over, Tony Gonzalez comes over. I've been in this business for over a decade. I'm nervous. You know, I'm worried I'm not going to have enough questions. I'm sitting over there watching Malcolm before we went on and Emmett Smith comes and sits down. Man doesn't seem nervous at all. No. Hey Emmett, what's going on? Welcome. You know what I mean? It's absolutely he's a real incredible. professional. Yeah, he's a, he's a pro. He's an absolute pro. So I hope you get a chance to check out some of the coverage that we had because if you enjoyed what what, what Verram and I did here, yep. there were so many more people that Matt and Malcolm interviewed throughout the course of the week. Yep. It's I'm mean, hours and hours and hours of footage. Um, and I also want to give a, sh a special shout out uh, to Richard Duranti, to Hunter Armour, yes. uh, to Sean Daly, our production Boom, crew there he is. here. He's there is the Richard. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Hunter, come. Yeah, come, 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 come. Yeah. We never see Hunter. That's right. uh, these guys, listen, man. I'm telling you, and I know they got to get out of here because they got to they got to catch a flight. Richard and Sean Daly, who Sean Daly's already out of here. Yeah, he took yeah. a red eye back last night. Did all did so much work along with Richard and Hunter yeah. with cutting up film, getting this stuff out here, setting this up. Listen, let me tell you something right now. If this was up to Patrick and I. There's no chance. Nope. The camera nope. wouldn't even be connected. No, no. The okay? table the would be on fire. Yeah, it would be a disaster. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I'd be at lunch right now. And they were here every morning before all of us yep. getting everything every set up. Day. And they're going to keep working on the plane, editing stuff, making sure you guys get it. So, you know, uh, please give them a round of applause in the chat. Yep. They do it week in and week out for us here on the podcast. But, like, this production level here on the road um, – it's even tougher. You, you, you wouldn't. You would never. You'd never understand all the work that goes into it. So shout out to them. Thank you so much, and thank you to all of you um, for supporting our podcast throughout the last couple of years. It's really cool to be at the pinnacle here at the Super Bowl yep. with our favorite team and be able to watch them hopefully bring home another championship. But win or lose, our guys are going to be there for you. Verderam's going to be covering the press conferences. Uh, Adam Best, Sterling Holmes, they're going to go live after the game. You're, gonna, you're still going to have your pregame, uh, postgame show, all that stuff. So uh, we hope it's a win, and we hope you guys tune in, win or lose, after the game uh, to, to the Arrowhead Attic podcast. And, and, and we're not going anywhere, man. As soon as we, uh, as soon as we get home... We're going to take a breather, and then it's right on for the draft in Kansas City, baby. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> Seattle might never about four days ago. Yeah, we're, we're not going anywhere. We know if the Chiefs do lose, it's, it's a blow. But come back to the podcast. We're, we're still going to have our regularly scheduled shows. Absolutely. We're going to bring it for you Absolutely. all offseason. But, but forget about that for now. Let's, uh, let's focus on the game. So one more time, let's give them our, our final predictions for the yep. game. We did it yesterday. Let's do it one more time. Chiefs 31-23. I think they'll be able to vary the offensive looks. I think they'll be able to use some more two and three tight end sets as they've had a lot of success with to help with those pass rushers off the edge. I just think the Chiefs have a much more varied approach on both sides of the ball. With Philly, you know what you're getting. With the Chiefs, you don't. I think having two weeks to prepare for the, with the Chiefs coaching staff, I think that is the biggest advantage in this game. The Chiefs coaching staff, I think the Chiefs are going to win because they'll outcoach Philadelphia in this game. I, I, I'm with you, man. I think the Chiefs win at 30-20. to 20. I just think that as tough as Philly is on defense, 
the Chiefs have gone up against a lot of really tough teams in their division, yep. playing the Chargers twice, playing the Bengals' really tough defense, playing their dynamic and explosive offense, having to go up against the Buffalo Bills. The Chiefs are battle-tested. They've been here before. They have a Hall of Fame coach, a Hall of Fame quarterback, yep. a Hall of Fame tight end, a Hall of Fame defensive tackle. That matters in a game like this, and I think it's going to give the Chiefs a little bit of an edge, and I think they end up winning by 10 in a game because I think if they can, if they can withstand the initial punch in the face from Philly sure. on the defensive and offensive side of the ball, I think they'll be able to force enforce their will on them late and start to pull away. Well, let's hope we're right. Yeah, let's hope we're right. We'll find out in two days. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get out of here, everybody. Short show today. Be back here for Sterling and Adam for a pregame show on Sunday. Details to come, halftime, postgame show. Vertoram and I will see you next week. We might try to drop into the postgame podcast from our phones or something if we can. But thank you so much for your support all week and all season long. It's been an absolute blast. We will see you guys very, very soon. But until then, and I mean this more than I've ever said it in the history of this podcast, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.